5AA Breakfast. David Penberthy and Will Goodings. Weekdays from 6 till 9 on Adelaide's 5AA. 7 after 7 coming up this hour on 5AA Breakfast. We'll speak to SA Health about coronavirus. And indeed, real estate agent uh, Ray White, who has been dragged into this. They had two people that have confirmed cases in South Australia attend an auction at 4 Pam Street, Furl. Um, The authorities are trying to contact some 30 people who are at that event. We'll get an update on that case and indeed the broader picture in SA after 7.30 this morning. The thing we're going to do today, uh, probably after 8.30, I think, is have a chat about... The state of petrol prices in SA, we've introduced a new segment at 8.20 each day called Fuel Watch, where we try and give you the heads up on the best fuel you can find around the SA. We'll try and find the cheapest place and mm. point you to it. Hopefully you're travelling past it across the day and it works out conveniently for you. The, it makes no sense at the moment. The, the difference between the lowest and the normal is ridiculous. Mm. It was 50 cents yesterday. Yeah. 50 cents. It was $1.25, $1.75, something like that, depending on where you were in Adelaide. It's crazy. So we can speak to the RAA about it, but we're going to do something more than that. We're going to an issue we're launching after 8.30 today that uh, is going to be really exciting and could not, le- could not be better timed given the, the state of things with people trying to fill up their cars. So stay listening for that. That's coming up after 8.30. Free fuel February. Sensational stuff. Well, um, we caught up yesterday with the Premier, Stephen Marshall. He's got a fair bit on his dance card at the moment with the uh, festering saw uh, of Sam DeLook hanging over the government's head um, and also uh, a bit of a back-to-the-future policy agenda with rate capping and also the full deregulation of shop trading hours back on the agenda for 2020. Um, This morning we catch up with the Leader of the Opposition, Peter Malinowskis, to get his thoughts on those issues. We'll park Sam to look for now, um, Peter Malinowskis, but is there anything that you have seen, read or heard over the last 12 to 18 months that has changed your mind about uh, shop trading hours? Uh, well, Pembo, oh, good morning, Will and Pembo. Um, we've put to the, the Premier a compromise. Um, we think that there is merit to having shop trading hours deregulated on Sunday mornings between the hours of 9 and 11, which would treat, which would essentially make Sunday like a, a Saturday in terms of trading hours. That would then mean that we have pretty much unfettered trading hours throughout the course of the year with the, only the exception of public holidays, so 10 days a year. We think that's a, a reasonable compromise. Most importantly, it's supported by small business and the independent supermarket sector. I think South Australians have got to remember that we have some of the lowest grocery prices anywhere in the country. We've got one of the most competitive supermarket marketplaces in the country and that's because we've got genuine third players and total deregulation just crowds out the smaller guys and allows Coles and Woolworths and the duopoly to take over and that's to the detriment of customers so we haven't changed our view about those principles my offer to the premier is sincere and genuine Um, he ruled it out of hand when we first offered it uh, in 2018 Um, I hope that he's willing to um, take a take a win, have a compromise, and we can get that legislation passed. It, it, he, we asked him yesterday what gave him any sort of enthusiasm to reintroduce and, and, and re-prosecute any of these policies, be it uh, council rate capping, uh, deregulation of business hours, um, whatever it might well be. Yeah. Has anyone on your side given him any optimism that is there any change from your perspective or is this entirely built around some sort of crossbench change? I know. I think they've run out of ideas. I mean, halfway through... So the, you guys aren't so moving, though, just to be clear, on, on any of those those big, big-ticket policy items? Well, on those big-ticket ones, um, our positions haven't changed. We're happy to... 
um, see new legislation as it's been produced. They've, in terms of shop trading hours, they're saying it's all or nothing. They want 24-7, 365 days of the year, uh, more or less. So we're opposed to that. Uh, in regards to um, council rates, we put on the table an alternate piece of legislation, which um, the government has sort of taken up a few of those ideas and we're happy to work with them on those. Regarding rate capping, look, rate capping um, from this government is sort of laughable. Um, they put in a rate cap that ended up being, that was going to be 2.9%. All the council's rates went up by less than 2.9%. And then Stephen Marshall announced his 40 plus million dollar bin tax, which saw council rates go up. So if the objective from Stephen Marshall is to lower council rates, something that I would support, the easiest thing he can do is to reverse his 40 million dollar bin tax, which has seen some council rates go up by half a, half a percent, 0.7%. So that's the best thing we can do there. But the biggest question, why is Stephen Marshall having to reset his entire agenda? They had 16 years in opposition to come up with new ideas. 18 months later, they've run out of ideas. And here we are at the beginning of a new parliament. Uh, and they're only throwing back old ideas that have been around for an eternity. It just doesn't seem to me that this government has an agenda which we desperately need to have economically with our current jobs position. Isn't there still a problem for you guys, though, in that you talk about it being Stephen Marshall's agenda? It's an agenda that was endorsed by the people of South Australia. There were no surprises when it came to rate capping. There were no surprises when it came to the deregulation of trading hours. We had an election. He won. You guys lost. Mm -hmm. what's, your, what's your question? Well, why not respect his mandate? Well, look, we've always been consistent, and I've always been consistent about trading hours. I've delivered more shop trading hours reform than Stephen Marshall ever has. He's Premier. I'd achieved that when I was leader of the union. I mean, we're, we're open-minded to putting a compromise on the table. I said from the get-go, um, I said it in the studio, that we will support ideas if they're good for people and good for small business, and we won't support them if they're bad for either of those things. But there's been a lot of exemptions on, on shop trading hours. Rob Lucas has been, you know, via via the regulatory powers that, that, that he's got. Yeah. He's been... Um, running a, a lot of exemptions over the last 12 months. It's not like Foodland or IGA's teetering on the brink of collapse. In fact, there's even been some cases where some of the Foodland stores but all those that are ostensibly against deregulation go, oh, hang on, if all, there's an exemption, we want to be part of that because we want to open and sell. All, all of those exemptions that Rob Lucas are giving were given previously under the former state Labor government, with the one exception of Boxing Day. But all of those exemptions, late-night trading in the lead-up to Christmas, 24 hours of trading in the lead-up to Christmas, all of those exemptions were always granted under the Labor government. There's nothing new here, um, apart from the fact that this is apparently the only idea that Stephen Marshall has. And... You know, the total deregulation of trading hours on most analysis actually would result in a decline in jobs. If you spend $100 in a supermarket at Drake's or Foodlands, you're seeing over 10% of your bill going on wages. In Coles and Woolworths, it's around about 6%. So every time we shut down a little guy, it ends up like one less job in our state, which we simply can't afford. And we also can't afford high grocery prices, which is what we have if we have a duopoly. That's why we have our position. It's a position based on engagement with industry, I wish Stephen Marshall would do the same. How would you handle Sam Deloop? Uh Very differently to the Premier. Would you have punted him by now as, as a Labor leader? If you, if you had a Labor MP who'd done something like this... I would have would... established the facts and then I would have um, asked him to leave the Labor Party. I mean, look, <laughs> if someone gets drunk and does something stupid, that's one thing. But it appears from the allegations that are now before us that Sam Deluck has, you know, really got the trifecta of... Uh, racism, homophobia, um, uh, acting inappropriate in a sexually in a sexual way to other women in an unwanted and undesirable way, uh, all in Parliament House.
He did this in Parliament House. <laughs> um, I would have established the facts. I would have asked him to leave the party and then everyone would have moved on. Now, that option was available to Stephen Marshall 50 days ago. And we're still talking about this now. Uh, more and more information comes out because Stephen Marshall has overseen a farcical process, which I can talk about further if you like. But the real problem is that we are still talking about this. Now, we've got a lot of challenges in this state. And the only thing we're talking about at the moment, the whole agenda is um, everyone trying to work out what Sam did or didn't do. It's taking up a lot of oxygen. Meanwhile, we've got the highest unemployment rate in the country. Hospital ramping has doubled. Costs are going in the wrong direction. We've got a, a recovery effort that we need to um, deliver in regards to bushfires. Um, and because Stephen Marshall hasn't shown any leadership, this issue continues to carry on. But, uh, but he would say, though, I mean, you just said yourself, if, if, if this was one of your guys, you'd, you'd establish the facts. He wouldn't, wouldn't the Premier argue that's exactly what he's doing with the inquiry that he's holding? Well, that's what he would try and tell you, um, but of course it would be misleading because what's happened with this process is this. We've had the Premier out there saying, oh, there's a process in place. Then it wasn't until uh, late January, almost a month or over a month after this happened, I think, that then the Speaker set up a process. That process was to have a private investigator, not any number of public investigative authorities he could have chosen. The private investigator is only interviewing witnesses after uh, the speaker himself has approved it. So there, we now find out that, that there are, you know, apparently more than 10 witnesses who saw all the events unfold um, and they're not even being interviewed by this private investigator because the speaker hasn't approved it. Then we found out in the last couple of days that once a speaker receives the report, he is, he is not committed to releasing it publicly and no matter what the report says, he won't be issuing a reprimand to Mr Deluc. So this report's taking place. No one's going to be able to find out what's in it and the Speaker says he won't have an issue on reprimand. So what's the point of it? I mean, mm. if Stephen Marshall wanted to establish the facts, back in December when he found out about this, get the Equal Opportunity Commissioner, conduct the inquiry, everyone would have confidence in that process, and then once we find out what it says, he can act accordingly. But Stephen Marshall was asking him to apologise, so presumably Stephen Marshall knows what he did. Now, if he knows what he did, he doesn't need an inquiry. So he could sit down with Sam and said. Did you slap someone on the bottom? Did you make homophobic remarks? Did you make racist remarks? And if he did, he's out. State Labor Leader Peter Malinowskis, thanks for joining us on 5AA Breakfast. Appreciate the chance, fellas. Love to hear from you folks. 822 3000. You can text us on the Telstra Storm Out Parker text line 0448 08 1395.